InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. So you'd like to lose some weight, but your body may be fighting it because you have food addictions. InfoTrack's Lisa G. is here with a weight loss expert to get the story. Lisa? Thanks, Chris. We are speaking with Susan Pierce Thompson, who is the author of Bright Line Eating, The Science of Living Happy, Thin, and Free. So tell us about your book. In a way, could you call it a guide to, uh, I guess, being free from the addiction to food and eating healthy? Yeah, I think that's a great description. A guide, a roadmap, but also outlines the science of food addiction and how it is exactly that 99% of the people who try to lose weight aren't successful. It's because our brains are blocking us from losing weight, and that's the subject of my research as a professor and a brain and cognitive scientist, and it's the subject of my lifelong passion, helping people to lose their excess weight and then keep it off long term. So what is it when it comes to food and the brain? For people who aren't that scientific, can you just break it down for us? Part of the issue is that our food supply these days is laced with unnatural foods. So sugar and flour, for example, they're really drugs. If you think about how drugs like heroin and cocaine are created, they take non-addictive plants like poppies or coca leaves from the coca bush, and they extract the inner essence and then they purify it into a fine white powder. And that's what we've done with sugar and flour. We've taken healthy, wholesome plants and we've extracted their inner essence and refined and purified it into a fine white powder. And those drugs hit the brain just like heroin and cocaine. So the dopamine receptors in the reward center, the addiction center of the brain, they get hijacked by that sugar and flour, which, you know, on a more technical level, it means that too much dopamine is flooding in and the brain rewires in a process called downregulation, which means the dopamine receptors are becoming less responsive in order to basically give an appropriate response with too much stimulation coming in, they downregulate. And Then what happens is that if you're not eating those foods, you feel bleak and you feel itchy and you feel cravings and you feel like the world isn't going to be enough if you don't get that food. It happens at a subtle level, so you might not recognize it. Or you might be driving out for a pint of ice cream at 11 o'clock at night in a snowstorm. You might be perfectly aware of the cravings. But it's what a lot of people are living with on a daily basis is cravings for drugs. But really, they think of it as, you know, I want to get some of that food. And so how do you break that cycle if you know that you have that addiction problem? Because you turn on the TV and you see all these commercials for diets. It's a billion-dollar business. Yeah, and a lot of diets, unfortunately, are not recognizing the reality of food addiction. So they're peddling bars and shakes and packaged and processed foods that are loaded with sugar, flour, artificial sweeteners, all the addictive foods. And so they're keeping you hooked, essentially. That's part of why 99% of people are not successful in losing their weight and keeping it off. So if you recognize that you have an addiction problem with food or just a weight problem and you haven't been able to solve it so far, I recommend a bright line, a clear boundary that you just don't cross. That's where the name bright line eating comes from. And that means that you're going to think of it like quitting smoking kind of in the same way that if you were smoking two packs a day, you wouldn't try to moderate your nicotine consumption when you were finally ready to get healthy you would quit smoking and you would recognize that really one is too many and a thousand is never enough. you got to quit. We are speaking with Susan Pierce Thompson, the author of the book Bright Line Eating, The Science of Living Happy, Thin and Free, who's been telling us about weight loss and how many people are addicted to sweets and flour and things like that. And so how can we break that vicious cycle of that food craving? 
Are there certain steps we can do? Like you're saying, well, if you smoke, just throw out the cigarettes. But that's so hard. It is very hard. It takes really a comprehensive, systematic approach. It takes a lot of support. One of the key factors is to take the load off of willpower. Because if you're going through your day making choices around food, unfortunately, the way willpower is wired in the brain sets us up to be abandoned by our willpower all the time. Because willpower is a finite resource that depletes really quickly. So one of the things I recommend is plan out your food choices in advance the night before. So go buy a little journal, put it by the fridge, and every night write down after dinner when you're nice and full, open up the fridge, take your little pen and your little journal by the fridge and write down exactly what you're going to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner the next day. I also recommend three meals a day with nothing in between because if you open yourself up to snacking all day long in the same way that you wouldn't be very successful brushing and flossing your teeth six times a day, eating six times a day is a recipe for a failure because you're setting yourself up to make on-the-fly food choices when there's unhealthy options all around you and you're going to succumb to those sometimes. So three meals a day is much easier to manage and plan it out in advance. You have a list, stop snacking, eat regular meals, eliminate sugar and flour, and then you say go easy on the exercise. Yeah, I know it's a counterintuitive one. People are sabotaging themselves by hitting the gym when they're starting to try to lose weight. Weight loss, it turns out, is a really exhausting phenomenon inside the body. Toxins are stored in fat cells. They're going to get released into your system, and weight loss is a time to rest. Another reason that exercise is not a good idea when you're first starting your weight loss journey is because exercise will deplete your willpower and it will keep you from automating the habits with food that are necessary. It'll trick you into essentially making shortcuts and deviations and exceptions to your food plan and you won't ever automate the right habits. So you got to use the first couple of months of your weight loss journey as a time to focus on dialing in your food habits because research shows that what you weigh is a function of what you eat, not your exercise. Exercise is pretty irrelevant, actually, to weight loss. What you weigh is dependent on what you eat, and so you got to get the food right. Use those first couple months of your weight loss journey when your motivation is really high to really dial in your eating habits. And that brings us to reducing stress. Which is hard to do, but I invite people to early in their weight loss journey to think of themselves as a newcomer and really go easy on themselves and imagine shuffling through life in your bunny slippers. I mean, even if you've got kids and you got to go to work and, you know, life is busy, rest as much as you can and imagine you're wearing bunny slippers all day and just easy does it. I think what you're saying is you have to block out the noise and focus in on what's important, right? Yeah, you've got to prioritize it. People underestimate how hard it is to lose weight and keep it off. In this day and age, it's the hardest job in the world, losing weight and keeping it off. I'm one of the, I guess, top one one hundredth of one percent of successful weight loss maintainers. I used to be obese and I've been slender now for almost 14 years. It almost never happens that someone does that. And I have a tribe of tens of thousands of people losing all their excess weight, keeping it off long term. And research shows that if you don't really prioritize it, if you think that it's going to happen slapdash on the run, it's not going to happen. you got to really take it seriously and take it easy on yourself because losing weight, it's a big deal. And you want to lose it fast and get it off and then be happy, thin, and free for the rest of your life. First of all, congratulations. That's amazing. <laughs> they say losing weight is the easy part that, what's it, like 99% of the people gain back the weight. Exactly. So that's the one one hundredth of 1%. 99% don't get down to goal weight. And of those who do, 99% gain it back. So that's how it's one one hundredth of 1% actually get down to goal weight and then maintain it. When you're in this weight loss process, do you recommend people make their own meals or doing a little bit of both? 
I recommend maybe the first month. Really work on preparing your own meals. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Provide it for yourself. Get really dialed into the food plan. And once you are clear with what you're eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I recommend using a digital food scale so that you're making sure that you're eating enough vegetables and not too much of everything else. After you've done it for about 30 days, you can work on eyeballing your quantities in restaurants. But I do think it's important to establish the habits and the routine and the automaticity at first at home, providing your own meals. So you just pack your lunch when you leave the house for the day. Wow, great advice. Susan Pierce Thompson, author of Brightline Eating, The Science of Living Happy, Thin, and Free. Thanks again. Thanks, Lisa. Great to be with you. For InfoTrack, I'm Lisa G. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.